Today, we're back to talk about what we sense the Lord is saying to us amidst this incredible disruption happening globally right now. Schools are shut down, church gatherings are canceled, the stock market is crashing, and the coronavirus is ever-present. In these disorienting times, what does it look like for us to not only perceive what's going on around us, but then what does it look like for us to respond as followers of Jesus? Welcome to the Common Life Podcast from the Well Church in Abilene. You know, I've got a question to start out with, and it's a simple one. Um, How are y'all doing? How's your family? Yeah. How are we navigating this one? Yeah. I think in general, like, family's pretty good. Like, you know, we're a couple of days into this, and so... Being at home is like it still feels a little bit like spring break. Oh, and yeah. It still feels like, yeah, we're, you know, uh, getting to like just hang out a lot. Um, Amy's awesome. And so like the other night she was just sitting down making out like lesson plans for the week, like all these different things Man. like science experiments and crafts and those kind of things. It's amazing how all of a sudden we're all homeschoolers. Yeah, yeah. That's a crazy, yeah. crazy situation. Yeah, it's awesome. But I, I mean, I think like, like she's awesome, but like she also, like she she'll do that kind of thing. And there's also some days where she'll totally just give herself permission to just be like, you know what? If I read you a book today and feed you a sandwich, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like we're fine. You don't yeah. have to be. Like, like I saw somebody say this online the other day. Like you don't have to be a camp director every day. That we're all like social distancing. Like some days you can just like like make sure like the kids stay inside that nothing catches on fire and everybody's fed and like that's a win. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. But anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, we're doing okay. We have moments, right? Like, I mean, we had a moment, um, not before last something like that where we both just kind of had to remind ourselves like God's in control here yeah. and, um, we're doing what we, what we can, you know, to protect our loved ones and, we're trying to be smart about, um, you know, how we're interacting with neighbors and we're, we're trying to do, make the best decisions we can. And we're trying to trust the people that we love to the Lord. And that's, that's all we can do. And really yeah. that's all we're called to, you know, but I mean, sometimes yeah. you just got to coach yourself up on that. But in general, I think we're doing good. That's good. Tyler, how are you and Brooke? Yeah, I think, I think we're doing well, but at the same time in the middle of doing well, I think Jared was talking about this earlier, how, it's been like five days since we um, canceled our Sunday gathering, but it feels like it's been about five months. Yeah. yeah. And so there's times where this just feels like there's so much pressure packed into a day. Mm-hmm. And then there's other times where it feels eerily normal. Right. And it's kind of hard to, to get your up from down some days. And mm-hmm. so <laughs> some, some moments feel really good and we have like a plan for how to care for our kids and how to homeschool and, how to even approach our hearts in this time with uh, the Lord and spend time in prayer and spend time together and all these things. And then there's other moments where we feel like the day takes forever and you go like, oh man, this is a lot. And the news is changing constantly. Oh yeah. And so it's an interesting thing where I both feel anxiety in my chest currently. I feel it there, but yet I'm also really hopeful about what the Lord's going to do. And so there, there, there's like this juxtaposition even within me right oh, now. Oh, no doubt. Of anxiety, but yet also deep faith and hope that God wants to do something in this time. So I think that's where we're at. 
Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the interesting thing. Like it, depending on, at least personally, when you catch me during the day, I'm either going to be in this place where I'm like, am I, am I overreacting? Like, is right. this really that big of a deal? Especially like, you know, when I look out my window and I see people working on the, the fountain and, you know, I see uh, groups of people still walking around in downtown, but then, you know, like yesterday I went to a meeting and a guy was trying to give me an elbow bump and I ran from him like he had a taser. <laughs> <laughs> Just sprinted in the opposite direction. And I realized in that moment, like there's some some hidden anxiety that's coming out yeah. um, publicly that um, I had to apologize for later. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's there's just that kind of it, it depends on when you, you catch you kind of moment to moment how right. how we're doing and Kath is a absolute solid rock so um, I I call her for my my, my pick me ups during the day. Yeah, maybe we've got to have some some things, some anchors or something that because I mean, like whether it's like what we're talking about, like you're kind of having to coach each other up and mm-hmm. remind each other of some truths and some just like sometimes just like objective reality like. Hey, you're feeling super overwhelmed right now because you haven't taken your nose out of Twitter and Instagram oh, yeah. for the last 40 minutes. So let's take a break, right? Right. Yes. And oh, that was me doing an impression of Amy because she's saying that to me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like the, I mean, yeah, we, we've got to have these moments where we say like, okay, I know, I know when I get unhealthy, this is what's good for me. And like trying to coach ourselves back up and trying to, you know, remind ourselves of some really important stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and in this time, you, you, the things that were true a week ago or two weeks ago before this all got crazy of your actual life were, those are still the same. Sure. So the complexity of just life in general is still there with this on top of it. Like I'm even thinking of like Grayson is super clingy right now. He's super cute. But right now, while I'm gone from the house, like I know Brooke pretty much has to carry him or hold his hands and walk him around the house all day. Like that's got to be exhausting. Oh yeah. And then to throw in that with homeschool and all these different things. So there's just, there's good reason to be tired right now. There's good reason to be maybe to feel overwhelmed. Um, There's good reason to, to all of these things to be the case to, I think we can give ourselves like a little bit of grace to just say like, Hey, this is hard. This is hard for everybody, you know? Yeah. And because of something we've already talked about, right? Like, we need to give ourselves a little bit of grace because this hasn't been that long. Yeah. I mean, it, like, I, seriously, like we were talking about earlier, I, I really think, like, there's something in the human brain that may, maybe, like, it marks time by a few different things, but one of the things that apparently marks time by is, like, how much terrifying information you get. Like, I think the human brain is just conditioned, like, oh, you only get this much terrible information, you know, o- you know, over this period of time. And so it's, like, it's like because we're constantly getting this, like, oh, no, like, like overwhelming kind of information from different places, it's like our brain is saying, like, well, you know, then the last few days must have actually taken up two months, right? Because, I mean, everybody you talk to, it feels like we've been quarantined in our house for weeks, and it's really, I mean, it's really just been a few days that, that oh, people, yeah. that school has been postponed and that, you know, the government's been giving us advisement about, like, you know, how many people we're allowed to be around or should be around or, you know, any of those kind of things. But, like, we need to give ourselves a little bit of grace because... Like, there's not really any reasonable expectation that the, that all of us should have figured out how to do normal life in the last few days because things have changed so dramatically so quickly. So, you know, calm down. Make yourself another cup of coffee and, and like, know that it's okay that, that you don't have all of this figured out yet, right? Man, I, I would imagine that that would be encouraging. At least that's encouraging for me that there is 
permission to have moments of freak out. Yeah. You know, I mean, I literally preached a sermon on Sunday from the Psalms about um, the faithfulness of God, the fact that God keeps us, the fact that he's a place we have a solid, uh, solid ground for our hope. And I find my heart consistently uh, running to the other direction. And yeah. so, man, that, um, that, that, yeah, that's so good. And you know, your message was from the Psalms the other day. And one thing I'm trying to do right now is read a Psalm every day. Yeah. And maybe more than ever, I'm understanding kind of the place. I mean, obviously my situation is not like David's, but he felt kind of attacked, yeah. assailed by his foes. And oh, there's yeah. this just, just wide range of emotions for him. And there's these moments where I'm like, I think I'm understanding not from, understanding it exactly like he experienced it, but understanding like a little bit deeper in this moment, like how good the Psalms can be because they give voice to the, the wide range of emotions when, when times are not normal, when times are a little more, you know, there's things like this happening, like the Psalms make a little more sense. Oh man. So many are lament and so many is, is David processing, um, his struggles and his fears and his, just the complexities of his existence as, um, as it was in, in, in Bible times. So, yeah. um, Hey, uh, just to, to move us along, I, I had another question because this is a, a, a question other people had brought up, but JR, do you want to um, talk about why we um, have chosen to call this thing a common life? Like why, why that's, uh, kind of in the tagline for the, the podcast? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the general feel was we didn't want to spend like, uh, we didn't want to spend a ton of time on, on like figuring out the name for the thing. And so it was honestly like we didn't even decide on a name for it until, was it after we'd recorded the first one? It was after. Yeah. yeah. And so <clears throat> we were trying to figure out like, well, okay, we got to put something, some name on this if we're going to post it online so people know that it's different from what the other things that we post. Right. And we came across that, like just, it's just common. We don't want it to feel like we don't want to name it something like, you know, electrify, like welcome <laughs> to the, you know, we didn't want to do anything like real <laughs> dramatic or whatever. Um, so we just, like we're tossing, tossing around the word common, and then we just said like, yeah, it's just a life. I mean, it's just a common life. But I think part of the reason that it fits so well is especially during this time. And I think there's probably elements of this that were always true, but especially during this time, I think we're all very aware. At least we should be more aware of the fact that um, there's a lot that we have in common right now. There's a yeah. lot of life that is similar for a lot of us. And, and maybe at one point, whenever, you know, you know, jobs and schedules and busyness and social life and a lot of those kind of things, like maybe, maybe there was a time where there was, it felt a lot different, um, for every person. Um, man, now it's a lot of people that we're interacting with are thinking about the same kind of things or having conversations about coronavirus or they're having conversations about like, Hey, have you been able to find any hand sanitizer? Right. Yeah. Toilet um, paper. And so, so yeah, there's this, like, I mean, part of why I think this fits is because what we're trying to speak into right now is a very, is a time of life that is marked by all of us having a lot, our, a lot of our processing power being occupied um, by the same thing. And a lot of us are having some of the same experience, man. We are home a lot. Yeah. We are not going out to eat. We are cooking a lot more. And for some of us, that's taking our life into our own hands, right? So, um, you know, I, I, I think it's just sort of trying to speak into the common experience. And more than that, I mean, I think for us, for our church, which is what this is specifically, or, or at least especially designed for, um, it's to speak to the common hope, yeah. right? the common, not just life that we live every day, but like the common life we have in Christ, the 
the common truths we have that hopefully, God willing, ground our life for us, right? Like we have those things in common. And so there's there's two different ways that I think we're, we need to be reminded of our unity in those things, right? Yeah, I remember, um, I don't, man, I don't know if you know this, but um, I broke my neck one time. No. <laughs> I'm going to bring this up in every single podcast episode. <laughs> just to be uh, clear, like I actually <laughs> am sympathetic about the fact that Austin broke his neck. Well, I just get made fun of in the office all the time. Yeah, and it, well, but the thing is like, you joke about it too, yeah. And, but other people don't hear that all the time. The only time so, I bring it up is when there's something to be carried up the stairs. Yeah, exactly. When yeah. somebody's like, "Hey, we got all these bowling balls. We got to get <laughs> up to or whatever." Austin's like, "Oh boy, oh, I, I broke I my neck. I broke my neck using so the bathroom. I, that just yeah. doesn't seem wise." <laughs> I am a delicate flower. I don't want people to just think like I always joke about like this traumatic event in your life, like for with no context. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But on, on that, on that same thing that you were talking about. Yeah. I, I realized um, in the season after the broken neck that um, I was able to connect with people who had cancer, who had um, walked through uh, difficult marital situations in a yeah. way that I hadn't before. And what I realized is that suffering in general is the great human unifier because it, 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 suffering doesn't, um, it's not a respecter of, of, race or class or occupation or yeah. age. It's just, it's something that hits you. And then all of a sudden you have this commonality with, with, within the rest of humanity. And so I think that there's this kind of collective feel right now that we're in this together, that we are experiencing this together. And it's something that has, um, uh, the, 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 the difficulty of it and the uncertainty of it has unified us as, as people in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's good. I mean, suffering is, um, it, it is a part of human existence and, and for us to, to run from it or to constantly insulate ourselves from it, um, does sometimes, uh, rob us or wall us off from ways that we can identify with other people. But I mean, it's the reality. It's like something I think you were talking about earlier, like, um, you know, that recognition that if you sit down with somebody who's having a difficult day, maybe they've just made a decision that you couldn't possibly understand. Maybe they've, they're living in some sort of sin that's completely foreign to you that you couldn't possibly imagine, right? Yeah. But, but that reminder, and I'm stealing your line here, right, that, that we, we are meeting someone most of the time in sort of chapter seven of their life, and we haven't even read the first six chapters. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like if we can identify with those things that are sort of, even if they may be very different experiences, but if they're very uniquely human, if we can identify with those things, then man, we can, we can bond. Like I can understand you making a decision that I might never have understood if I can see and connect with like the fact that you've suffered in ways that maybe I haven't ever suffered or dealt with, yeah. but I can, I can connect with the fact that like, oh, we both suffer. We both carry some of those things with us. We both yes. have to, and as, as believers, those are scars and sometimes just wounds and, um, holes in us that we just have to like sort of continue to take um, to the Lord. And I mean, by the grace of God, by the brilliant design of his providence, right? Like we have a savior who has suffered. Yes. He is not unsympathetic. He is specifically sympathetic. Um, he is a great high priest who understands human life and human suffering and has walked through it. Yeah. Man. Well, yeah. So I, I, I think in, in light of that, in light of this season, I, I just, I thought it would be worthwhile for us to kind of talk through the, the naming process of it. But yeah. um, what I will say is that it seems like we've talked a lot about uh, and navigated a lot of the negatives um, of the scenario. I think the negatives of, of where we are as a culture and with coronavirus are pretty, pretty clear and out there. I, I, I just wondered, 
um, what positives you guys could see coming out of this, like where you see the Lord taking this. And as he promises us in Romans eight to, to bring good out of a difficult situation. And so, uh, what, what are, what are some of those things? What are some of the good things that you see? That's good. Um, Tyler, you want to start us off? Yeah, I, I mean, as you were talking, JR, about us, like, being able to, I mean, this is an interesting season because we're all kind of in the same boat. Yeah. I think the Lord could bring a lot of empathy. Sure. And where, where when things are really good, we tend to get proud. Yeah. And tend to be pretty judgmental. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. pretty much have opinions about how everyone else should run their life. Well, when we're all out of control, right. <laughs> we can kind of let our guard gets let down a little bit sure. in that way. Um, and maybe, maybe we stop critiquing everyone else because this is a pretty complex situation to deal with, which life is actually more complex than we, than our judgments about people give credit for. Right. So I, I think in this season, it might allow us to have some compassion and empathy for one another and which could lead to some meaningful connection, right. uh, meaningful conversation. And then, yeah, just a unity that, that. It could, really, it could really be beautiful in the church that when we think there's so much different about us, we like to push ourselves away from other people. But maybe in this season, God is actually going to allow us to come closer and experience a type of community and a type of following Jesus that's built on that unity, built on love, and not built on all the things we tend to define ourselves by. Hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I know for me, I, I've actually, I've gone back and forth on this, you know, depending on the day, but I woke up this morning just incredibly hopeful that God wants to speak into the church in this time. Mm-hmm. That there's this, and it's really disorienting because some days feel like forever and some days feel really short. And it's just, it's disorienting. But I've had a couple moments where I've just felt like, man, the Lord wants to speak in this time. And now more than ever, we have an opportunity to slow down and listen in ways that normal life just doesn't offer. Yeah. Um, and so we can kind of let go of some of the kind of the, cultural mandates to just run hard, work hard, grind, make everything happen, uh, succeed, achieve. It's like, what is there to succeed in right now? Mm-hmm. What is there to achieve? And so maybe we can all be a little more human. Yeah. And so I think, I don't know, I think there's this great opportunity to slow down and hear from the Lord. And um, I think the Holy Spirit wants to empower us to, to love one another better, to, um, to follow Him more passionately yeah. um, and boldly. Sure. Um, and I think if we slow down and listen then we'll be empowered to do that. So I'm really excited to see how the spirit might empower us in this time where we have to slow down and wait. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's great. Yeah. I, I do think, I, I do think that there's, we, we do, we still need to make sure, like you said, like this leads to a greater um, opportunity for empathy for a lot of us because we're, we, we feel like we have some understanding. I do think we need to recognize that there are, there are certainly people who are experiencing this differently, at least than I am. Right. Like um, I am not, in one of the high risk groups, um, for, for this situation. And so I, I could easily see how there would be people who are in those groups, whether they've got some sort of compromised immune system or they, um, you know, have a you know, sort of, uh, you know, a health issue or they're um, older in age that, that would be processing this a lot differently than I am. And so I need to remember that. I know that there's also people whose job situation is very different from mine, right? Like if you're in the medical field, um, then whenever we talk about, hey, we've, you know, we've got a lot more time, right? Like you may not have a whole lot more time. And if you're um, in a job that's very, that's not like sort of like salary based where you have a employer who's able to like sort of keep paying you 
um, or you're not able to work remotely and so you're just losing hours right now. Like, there's a lot of things that are very different for your experience of this than for mine. But in general, yeah, I think, I think there's a whole lot of things that we can recognize, man. We've got a lot in common. We've got a lot of same worries, same concerns, same shopping lists right now um, that, that we can sort of sympathize and empathize with each other. Um, I, I do think that for those of us who do have, have been given uh, the gift of time, and even if, um, even if you're, you're still busy and you're kind of going to work like normal, um, I, I do think you know, for, the, for a lot of us, there's not as many events that take up our time, you know, before and after work. There's not as many things that we might be, you know, we're going to run in a certain errand or whatever. A lot of us are just kind of like holed up at home. And so that, that gives us at least a little more uninterrupted time when we could be focusing on um, either family or, um, you know, lots of different things. But one of those things, I think, is like this might be a gift to you. Um, to me, certainly, to build in some of those rhythms about how I seek the Lord, about how I spend time with the Lord, um, and and maybe in the past I've I've it's been a little easier for me to believe the deception that like oh I'm just too busy to to really change my routine or I'm too busy to invest that kind of time or whatever. Well, in this time right now, like I've you know, I I have a lot of time where I can be at home and sort of. Um, you know, mark out some some space where I can say I'm gonna I'm gonna invest some real time to really study and meditate on some things to really try to listen to the Lord to try to have some some good habits and rhythms and um, I think we probably could you know talk about that for a whole uh, a whole podcast sometime just about like um, you know what does it look like for us to build a good rhythm um, for our lives um, but I think that's one of those gifts is right now we have a chance to do that to to just yeah. really be intentional about how we're seeking after the Lord, especially because we know that makes such a big difference about how we're processing this whole time, this whole um, situation that we're in. Yeah. Man, I think those are, I think those are great. And I think we also see, um, it's interesting whenever you hit these moments culturally, uh, when you look back historically, the culture at large starts asking the same questions. And they're actually listening for answers. You know, I mean, like yeah, whenever sure. uh, 9-11 happened, um, you know, when whether it was, you know, Vietnam or the um, Spanish flu or, you know, World yeah. War Two, World War One. I. I mean, you're, you're looking at these big worldwide events that um, cause people to, to kind of stop in their tracks and then ask questions about life and anthropology and the nature of God. Um, and, and actually are listening for answers. And I think the church has an opportunity right now to be a loving, burdened, caring voice to speak uh, the truth of the goodness of God into a hurting and broken situation. And it seems like the uniqueness of this one compared to those historically is that um, technology has made it to where we can actually sit here and you know, talk on a podcast about these things and where instead of just canceling church and telling people to pray with their kids, we can actually have, um, uh, we have opportunities to record uh, messages out of God's word and then stream those into um, people's homes, uh, put those on Facebook and have uh, voices that are uh, in, in a public sphere on the internet answering the questions uh, that, that the world is asking in the midst of uncertainty. Yeah. So, okay. So let me put you on the spot here and I'm not expecting you to be able to like interpret all of our culture sure. in this moment forever. Right. But like if you had to, to peg down one or two questions that you feel like the culture is asking 
in this moment impacted by coronavirus and what's gone on with the economy and what we're seeing around the world and what we're seeing even locally as schools are shut down and families' lives are kind of like suddenly shuffled really radically. Um, what do you think are the questions that our culture is asking that the church has an opportunity to speak to? I mean, I think for the first time, for maybe many people, they're stepping back and wondering what the purpose of existence is, right? Huh. I mean, I, I, I would imagine, I mean, because you, you go through your life and, I mean, it, it, in places that are, have been more heavily hit by coronavirus and there's sanctions and um, lockdowns, I mean, you're sitting at the house and you're wondering the nature of your own, your own existence, Sure. Like why you exist? Why are human beings here? Yeah. Um, is it just to, to, to work and enjoy life and ultimately die or is it something other? And I, 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 I would imagine that that's one of the questions being asked. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, an existential question really for, for anybody. Right. And sometimes like if you've got a phone to be scrolling through and you've got work that's keeping you busy and you've got those other errands you're going to run to and you want to go, you know, check in with this person and then go eat dinner with these, this, these people, um, then it's easy for us to kind of like keep those serious deep down, like nagging questions, um, at bay and never really have to deal with them and just yeah. sort of like only answer those questions by implication. Right. Like I'm only answering the question of what is what is the reason for my existence by saying this is what I'm going to devote my life to, which is to constantly be busy. Well, if, yeah. if things are suddenly ground to a halt and you can't you have to answer those questions with intentionality, then, yeah, I mean, that's a you're right. Like that's a that's an opportunity for the church to speak to, like, why are we created? Why, why, why are we here and what is it that we're called to do? Yeah. Yeah. What other ones would you uh, imagine are being asked? Um, I mean, I think I would, I would say maybe, maybe not quite explicitly, but like I, th I think a lot of people are saying what is safe and what is secure mm. right now. Um, yeah. And because it, you know, which is a question of hope in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Where do, where do I turn right now? What's going to be steady? You know, what's, what's not going to lose a thousand points by the closing market tomorrow. Yeah. Right. Like what's, um, you know, what, what is going to be in stock the next time I go to the grocery store, mm -hmm. right? Like, so, so what's going to be steady? Sure. What, where can I find my hope? Where can I find, um, my, what's going to be faithful to me? Right. And that's a, that's a moment for us to certainly speak and contextualize and make sure that we're, we're speaking in a language that people can hear that isn't covered up like purely in cliches or purely in sort of stereotypical language. Or a lot of times, a lot of times we, we reduce our effectiveness like by, by speaking only in language that's sort of like judgmental and um, and off-putting, right? But like, what are ways that we can answer some real genuine questions right now of our neighbors? And one of those being like, what's sure and certain, and 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 where can I put my hope? What what can I trust to be faithful tomorrow morning when I wake up? Because everything seems to be changing so fast. And that's a moment for Christian witness. Yeah, that's a moment for Christian testimony to say, man, I feel the same fears that you do. I was crying last night. I had a panic attack in my car because I happened to scroll through Twitter or I saw something across the news. But here's what I constantly have to have to coach myself up to return to um, is I, like the Lord is my rock. I, God's people have found him to be faithful. Like That's what the Psalms are over and over. God's people have found him to be faithful. And so in this moment, we trust him to be faithful again. Yeah, I place my hope in the promises that I think have have already found their yes and will find their yes more ultimately in the fullness of time through Christ. Man, I love Keller's got 
a way of talking about hope. Of course, it's Keller. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that we uh, are two for two on quoting Keller. <laughs> the broken neck and Keller are going to make it in every time. Yeah. Um, but he says that hope is actually made up of two basic things, which is um, desire and expectation. Okay. And so it's desires you feel in the present and then what you expect in the future to fulfill that desire. Yeah, that's good. And so with that um, expectation for, for most desires being in limbo, the one place that we have a solid hope, what, what Hebrews calls an anchor for the soul, is in the promises that we find in Scripture um, as the people of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And so um, I just, I, for me, I've always gone back to that when I think about hope, that it's uh, what I expect in the future to fulfill my desires in the present. Yeah. Yeah, so what I was thinking about when you were talking about that was um, what people need is to see our faith embodied. And so what they don't need, this is less of a question about what people are asking and probably more about how I feel like I'm being called to respond mm. and be a faithful presence, be a faithful witness. And it's certainly not through bravado. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which right. is unfortunately often the Christian mantra. Yeah. Let me tell you where you're wrong culture. Right. You know, and, and that just doesn't, that just doesn't have the humility of Jesus. Right. Um, but I mean, even for me today, multiple times I, I was reading in the Psalms this morning and multiple times today I've had to just stop and pray. You, O oh Lord are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and just be reminded that my safety and my security is not found in the coronavirus dissipating. Yeah. It is not found in the stock market lifting. Sure. It is not found in the schools being back in session and my kids being able to go to school. I mean, all of those things are great things. Yeah. But right now, I have an opportunity to not let... I could very easily want those things to happen so that I feel more safe and secure. Yeah. Or as I don't feel very safe and secure, I can say, Lord, you are my security. And right. as I practice that, and as I repeat that prayer, and as I go back to it, I'll probably have to go back to it a dozen times today, three dozen tomorrow. But I think that's what people need is a humble people who are saying like, hey, again and again, I struggle with the same things that you struggle with, but yet I don't think that in the end, the victory is going to be found in this disease leaving. Mm. The victory is not going to be found in schools being back in session. The victory is going to be found in me in this kind of like unsettled place going back again and again to the one thing I know is true, (laughs) that the Lord is a shield around me. He's my glory and the lifter of my head. And even as I say that right now, I'm filled again with hope. You know what I mean? I'm filled again with a, I'm safe. I'm filled again with a, I am secure. And so I think that is... Uh, that's my response right now to try to be a faithful presence is so that when I come into contact with others, there's a humility about me. So I don't know if I know all the good cultural questions being asked, but I do know that people are paying attention to the way we respond. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think one of the things we, we need to be careful about is because we could say, okay, I've got the truth here. I'm not, I'm not trusting in whether or not we find a vaccine quickly to make sure that I'm okay. I'm not trusting in whether or not schools open back up to mean whether whether I'm okay, and I'm not trusting the stock market or the oil 
or price per barrel. Um, that's not what's going to make me okay. So what we can do with that knowledge, if that's where, if that's what we really believe, which is what we are supposed to believe, is that we can use that to then sort of like harden us to anyone else's concerns or fears or worries, right? So then we, we sort of like, that becomes a, a place where we kind of give ourselves permission to not be empathetic. Like, if you're concerned about things that I believe are not my ultimate source of hope, then it must be because you're less than or inferior or whatever, right? Which, you know, like there's a whole range of issues of why, like that sort of ignores the fact that like things have been given to you by the Lord and you're not, you're not your own man. So you don't get to like sort of claim superiority by things that like the spirit has revealed to us, right? But we need to make sure that that, that, that truth that we have doesn't inoculate us against empathy for other people, that it doesn't inoc- truth doesn't inoculate us against love. Right. And and so to make sure that that we are still very empathetic and and just recognize like it's pretty natural for our neighbors to feel scared during this time. Or it's pretty natural for our neighbors to feel sort of unmoored and and maybe sort of adrift when they realize like they're cut off from social contact. They're not sure what's going to happen with their job. And the retirement fund isn't looking like it was a couple of weeks ago. Right. Those are natural human responses. And for us to lose empathy because we have trust in Christ, like means or trust in, in, in any of these things. Right. Like to, for us to lose empathy is to have lost sight of the person of Christ and only to take from him the, 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 the words, the mm. knowledge, the sort of like sort of head space of what we know from Scripture. Right. Well, which that actually to do that would not be trust in Christ. Sure. Absolutely. So, so I think there's got to be a to actually trust and to use the scriptures rightly. They actually they disarm us yeah. from needing to feel like protected against other people's insecurities. Yeah, sure. So yeah. like that's you know what I mean? Like we could use that as like a weapon to keep us at a distance from people. Yeah. I actually think the scriptures are meant to kind of disarm us and like go like, oh man, like I am in this place where I over and over again, like if I'm over and over again having to pray that prayer, mm-hmm. should it not I mean, that's gonna naturally make me humble. Yeah. Because I'm saying I'm weak and I actually don't possess in and of myself, I don't possess what it takes to not be anxious about this. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I need the Lord. And right. so if I need the Lord, then others who don't have him, and that should just lead me to empathy because where do you look in this time? Right. If those things are your ultimate hope, like where do you look? So the last response of a Christian is judgment. The first response is like sadness, right? Mm-hmm. And just like, man, that's got to be really, really hard. Mm-hmm. If I have this truth that can actually anchor me in this time, what do you do if you don't have that? That should lead us to great empathy and great concern for those around us, right? Yeah, that's good. That's good.